Hello and welcome to Landings with a Flare, the podcast where we supplement and support flight training. This is Captain Teresa. This episode will be a pilot ground school lesson in the format of a guided discussion. This conversation was recorded on the audio platform called Clubhouse. You will likely hear some variation in audio quality as speakers tune in from around the world. Many of our ground school lessons include handouts, which you can find along with other resources in the podcast show notes. They are also on our website, landingswithaflare.com. We hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversations. Welcome aboard. We're going to talk about tips for new people on the radio, and then the rest of the conversation will be common errors and misconceptions. If we all had to give tips to someone who is just learning at the very beginning how to make a radio call, or maybe we remember the advice we were given, what advice would you give? I'm looking for microphone flashes. Johnny, go right ahead. My favorite one, I've said this before, unlearn the word no in your aviation lingo. Do not use the word no. It sounds like so many other things that will get you in trouble. The word negative is there for that reason. Do not use the word no. So no sounds like go. What else does it sound like? Any other? It can sound like go. It's like, oh, it, it, it's just it's so many things you can say, right? But the one that you just said, no, sounds too much like go. And that, that can get you in a lot of trouble. But you can, you know, whatever word rhymes with no, it'll probably sound like it if you say it on the radio. Great point. Maybe slow. Okay. What other tips would you give to someone who's new and just starting out? April. Don't let the radio intimidate you because that intimidation intimidation can put you in unsafe positions. Um, If you're so afraid of what to say, if you don't know the way to say it, you might not say what you need or you might not speak fast enough. Not necessarily the speed, but getting stuff out sooner or passing on information or details is necessary. It might be some safety issue that can affect other pilots, but because you weren't sure how to say it, i.e. whether it was birds on final, or if you had turbulence or some type of wind shear, you don't understand the phraseology for that or had issues touching down and rolling out and stopping. Oh, I don't know the, the braking action phraseology. Uh, I'll just keep it to myself. It might affect other pilots. Plain language is your best friend because everyone knows English when in aviation. So if you just say what you need to say and get it out, we can decipher it properly to the other aircraft or just figure understand. But just holding that information back because you're afraid of messing up on the radio, don't do it. Just just speak freely. We're we're humans. As controllers, we are humans and most of us will not bite you. <laughs> yeah. Great, great, great point. Well said. Okay, I saw Philip flash his microphone. We'll go to you next. So for beginners, really important to think first what you want to say. Take a breath and then chime in if there is gap if if there is a gap. Because being on the radio saying like um, um, uh, that really blocks the frequency and I mean aircraft cannot stop on the right hand uh, side of the of the road so um, that's also really important and the other thing I want to say is that how you communicate on the radio is your business card to the outer world and 
this is really important, especially if you want to fly to uh, certain uh, fly into certain airspaces, whether they might be congested or not, or you want to cross some special airports. And if they know that you might not be capable of handling the situation on the radio during congested frequencies, they might they may not give you the uh, clearance. Great points. It is your business card. It makes an impression. And know what you're going to say before you say it. Enrique, let's go to you. And then I'm, I wasn't looking at the bottom of the stage as much as I should, but I promise I'll look there next. Pretty much um, to get more comfortable with radio communications goes along with that concept that you always need to be ahead of your airplane. So if you know what is supposed to happen and what you want to do next, you pretty much will have a picture of what you're expecting to hear and what are you expecting to communicate in the radio communications. And another tip, it's pretty much in your first hours, you won't be 100% comfortable with radio communications because it's naturally something that you are not used to do. So it's going to take some time to get comfortable, know the pattern of communications, and always be ahead of your airplane so you know what to expect and what you expect to say. Great point. Great point. And I'll give a quick tip for new people also that I always want them to understand. I want them to understand that the pilot has the final authority, the pilot in command. Some pilots don't know that they can refuse an ATC instruction if it's not safe. We were talking about that earlier, using the word unable. Some pilots, if, if a pilot reads back the instruction, then that's their way of agreeing to it. But you do not have to read it back. You can say unable, and then you can negotiate like we were speaking about earlier. So that would be one of my tips. Any other tips for new people? And then we'll move on to a different subject. During flight training, I see a lot of students like stumbling or blanking out when they are trying to make the call. So a lot of instructors in my flight school, what they taught us, you can, uh, what you should do is you should speak out loud to yourself, not transmitting just, just the radio call, entire radio call. And then uh, once you get there, then you can transmit that over. You can basically say that on the radio. That's a really good one. Yeah, it's all about practicing and being prepared. Any other tips? Yes. Listen first. Listen before you press the mic to say anything. One of the things that I think we get in trouble a lot, even as, you know, higher level pilots is we get a frequency change, we go right to it and immediately key the mic is when to get your transmission out. And for newer pilots, sometimes all the time it's better for you to listen someone might be making the exact same radio call you're about to make and that can help you practice listen to what they said like oh i can say it like that it'll give you an opportunity to do what everyone else just said you know take a deep breath and then get your transmission out but listen first someone may be on the radio or someone may be a student pilot just like you that is struggling and they got that mic pushed down so hard <laughs> you can't get a, a transmission out so so listen and then speak. 100%, 1,000%. I'm so, so glad you said that. We'll go to Mo next, and then Omar. I want to give a tip to the people who especially like me, like English is a second language, and they're starting new, and they're kind of nervous with the communication with the radio. 
there is some applications like live ATC that you can like listen to the radio calls and it helps you really if you are sitting in a car and like listen to it it helps you a lot to get comfortable with the communications wonderful tip it's a website and an application that you can download you can go either way and you can listen to live radio calls live atc wonderful great one okay any other tips to give to new people before we shift the conversation slightly i actually don't have a tip i have a question which i've been wondering i don't know if you guys talked about this before i uh chimed in but i used to say hey tower this is Cessna, blah, blah, blah. I'm ready for takeoff. And then I had one British chief instructor and he told me, no, when you're talking to Tower and you want to get takeoff clearance, you have to ask for the, you're, uh, you have to ask for departure. And then when they tell you clear for takeoff, you tell them cleared for takeoff. Is there any rule or reason behind that? Yes, I think a lot of us feel strongly. I see all the microphone flashes. Let's go to our air traffic controller, April. The issue with saying certain keywords, such as cleared, takeoff, cross, because someone can hear that and that's something that they're going to ask next or in- anticipate hearing and can mis- mistakenly take that instruction. So you want to be careful using those type of keywords only when it's necessary to use, i.e. when you say, hey, we're, um, we're ready for takeoff, someone can hear, else can hear that and be holding at a different part of the runway, not realizing that, hey, that wasn't the controller that said it, that was another pilot. So it's simple. Like some people's voices are similar. Some cadences are similar. And the pilot could have misheard it and start a departure roll. So you want to say, yeah, we're ready for departure. Or if you're at a whole short point and you're looking to cross a runway, you wouldn't want to say, uh, can we cross this runway here? Can we cross? Because then someone else might take it or you might confuse yourself and think you heard it. So you want to be careful using those keywords that it doesn't trigger something else. Yes, yes, yes. And that is so true. And that relates back to what we were saying earlier about, let's say that you're changing altitudes and you're at 3,500 and you're climbing, you could say climbing to 5,000, but then that's confusing what the number really is. So even though in the aeronautical information manual, it actually says climbing to 5,000 would be correct. Most pilots would just take out the word to, or some would even say the word ta instead of to, but I would just say 3,500 climbing 5,000 or clearing a runway when you're off a runway. In the Aeronautical Information Manual, it says you can say that you're clear of runway five on Taxiway Bravo, but I would either say I vacated runway five, or that sounds kind of dorky, I just would say I'm on Taxiway Bravo, and I probably wouldn't say the word clear because it sounds like a clearance, like April was saying. Any comments? Let's start, let's go to Captain Unmesh, and then we'll go to Philip after. Hey, Teresa. First thing I, I wanted to add about something earlier that you're talking about, I don't know if uh, you've already spoken about it or not, but it's as a new, you know, upcoming pilot or someone who's studying to be a mechanic who needs to learn about taxiing or someone who's uh, work, going to work at the air traffic controller, penning things down or penning informations down is always a good way. Having an acronym that you could go through with and write down clear to 
or uh, cleared to what level, at what altitude, what heading. Those are always good things to write down. You can take a second to read back. That's okay. But uh, someone who's just beginning, they should always write uh, things down. It always helps. It helped me as well. And uh, talking about the, the second uh, part of the question, actually, uh, I just wanted to ask Teresa if, uh, if someone else spoke about this, uh, about writing things down before. Uh, no, you are right on track, Captain Unmesh. You are right on track. And I'm so glad you could join us, too. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Uh, Nico, welcome, Nico. Go right ahead. Yeah, hey, guys. Uh, to the, or like uh, one trick I was taught uh, by instructor, um, uh, especially for IFR flying, if you fly like glass cockpits, um, so like G1000, the best thing is just tune already in like if they give you a heading already tune it in or if you're if they give you the altitude tune it in and read it back that's what my instructor uh, told me because he was see seeing watching me uh, i was writing down some things and he was like just tune this just tune the stuff in and then you see it right away and you can't miss it uh, so that's like one advice i have and that helped a lot because you uh you can read back much a lot faster and it's especially in congested air spaces that's crucial because otherwise it will take forever that you can read something back or they have to wait for you so that's one one thing i i can add to that yeah there are a lot of tricks writing it down or other similar tricks we'll go to philip and then we'll end the conversation on tips and we'll go to a new conversation and johnny i i'm gonna have you bring up the next uh our next subject right after. So uh, be ready. So Philip, go ahead. I believe you had one more comment. Yeah. I love how the ATC transmission communication in, in general can be really, really precise because um, there is also an example that might help Omer too, because it's not only about departure and takeoff. It's also about being on an intersection and being on a taxiway. After landing, you have to say taxiway because then the other traffic knows that you're about to vacate or that you've already vacated, depending on how you said it. And intersection is always a sign that there is someone waiting to enter the runway or cross it. Ah, yes. It, situational awareness is so important. Okay, we're going to close off our conversation on tips for pilots. And we're going to go to the last topic of conversation for the day, which is common errors and misconceptions. So, common things that people believe that may or may not be true. Now, Johnny, I know, actually, I, I bet you, you, you could definitely uh, provide a lot here, but I believe there was a subject you mentioned earlier that we were hoping to speak about. Yes, we mentioned the, uh, the, the, the verbiage point niner, right, as a, as a, a common thing that we say in the, in the U.S., right, this, this point niner, and we assume that everyone knows what that means. But for a long time when I was flying, I had no idea when they said contact ground point nine or what that actually meant until I actually started reading a book. And we've mentioned it just in passing. Actually, Captain Teresa, you mentioned it. You say, you know, contact ground on point nine or but one, two, one point nine. That's what that means because most ground frequencies start with one, two, one. And it's point nine or point eight, point seven. If they say contact ground on point nine or we automatically assume that it's one twenty one point nine. But some places it may be contact ground on point eight. So that's one, two, one, point eight. Great point. Great point. Okay. Yeah. I guess we did cover that a bit. Okay. What are some common errors and misconceptions? And I realize that sometimes this conversation 
can lead to some interesting, lively points. I'm going to bring up my point as a question to the, to April. April, how do you feel when someone calls Tetherboro Tower, November, blah blah blah, with you? <clears throat> By saying that they're with me, yeah, <clears throat> it's one of those things I don't worry about too much. I I hear it often, especially when they just got a freak change from approach or another, like maybe LaGuardia or something. They're transitioning. I don't. It doesn't bother me per se. It's assumed that you're with me because obviously you're talking to me. <laughs> but it doesn't. It doesn't bother me. I feel like it bothers you. <laughs> but is that correct or not? It's it's not necessary because obviously you're talking to me. There are a lot of things that go on behind the scene that a lot of pilots don't know. <clears throat> Excuse me. And there are what's called a lot of handoffs or coordination or solid handoffs that we do with the radar. And so when you're leaving one airspace going to another. When that controller gives you the freak change and gives you the permission to leave that frequency, it's because it's already been coordinated that you can do it and that the other controller already knows that you're coming. And I've already assumed responsibility of your aircraft, whether it was a verbal communication on a, a, a telephone line or what's called a silent handoff, which is just a click of the radar. Your, your call sign or your target will flash in the radar and I can see who's handing it off to me. A lot of times there's information in the data block. So I know that you're doing a transition or you're coming to land and then I accept it. And that's the coordination me and that other controller did. So by the time you've done the freak change, that means all that stuff has been done. So you do not need to say, hey, I'm with you because I have already known you were coming before you even came. Yes. So it is redundant. Does anyone want to explain just a little bit more about that controversy? Go ahead, Omar. I have a question, actually, because this same Brit pilot... Well, also, he was a chief pilot in my school, and he also told me this because I used to say checking in with you and all that stuff when I'm handed off, like on VFR flight following. And then he taught me just to say that it's. He told me what exactly April said that they already know that you're on this frequency. Just say your call sign and say your altitude, and this will will be like a courtesy that you're not jamming up the frequency. And at the same time, it's going to be a radio check and an altimeter check. So if there's something off on altitudes, what is showing on the radar and what you're saying, or if they can't hear you, and then there's maybe most of these uh, frequencies are RCOs, so maybe you are, you're too low to get the frequency. So it's all a radio check that you're checking in with them. So just say your call sign and your altitude, and that's it. Yeah, you don't need to say be wordy or redundant. Captain Unmash, go right ahead. You know, uh, obviously, I've flown around in various different radio uh, communication uh, places uh, from the States, uh, North America, up to Europe and down in India and uh, certain parts in Southeast Asia and Middle East. So it has to do a lot with, you know, who's controlling which agency, how busy they are. And uh, the best way to go ahead and talk about is if you are with a single an FIR, a flight information region area, and you've been handed over, say, from approach control to center to, you know, radar control, you, you could always say XYZ handed over from approach because it's important at that point of time, maybe the previous controller handed you over to one certain controller, but he was not supposed to hand you over there. Or there are two similar frequencies, 133.75 or 133.35. Uh, 
So you might have tuned in 75, but he actually wanted you to tune in at 35. So he might not know because you've not been handed over to him. So you've been handed over to 35. So you could say that you were transferred from which department, from which uh, previous controller. So it's always a good thing to say your call sign and the last controller that handed you over to. That, that's how we follow. Unless you've been changing from one information region to the other, that's when you go ahead and you talk about your call sign, your squawk code, and the altitude you man, uh, you're maintaining. Captain Unmush, that is that is very interesting. I didn't know that about international flying. Uh, I absolutely believe you. I know you have wonderful experience. What type of countries would that be in? It actually depends. Um, let's say in the eastern part of India, and here Captain uh, Unmush, if he's uh, I don't think he's there. Though. Oh, yeah, he's there. So if uh, if you see on the eastern part of India, we are... It, India has a small country, Bangladesh, in between. So it, And on the other side, we still have the eastern um, you know, fringes of India. So if you're flying from one place to the other, you are crossing international area of Bangladesh. And then you have to inform them. You cannot enter their airspace without a clearance and uh, you know some of these places like Myanmar in Burma they are they are quite primitive so they would like to know your aircraft registration your operator your uh, code that you have you know the SWAC code your departure destination initial altitude final altitude and plus all your waypoint and timings you need to go ahead and know which area you are flying at some places if I'm flying in Middle East some of these controllers are from the States, they are from Europe, and they are they know you're moving in from uh, Oman, Muscat control, to Abu Dhabi or Emirates control. They know you've been handing over, you're on a certain route, and they're going to go ahead and take you as it is. Philip just uh, mentioned on the back channel as well that some of these controllers would want you your permit number or even your uh, ADC number, your air, air defense clearance number. So these are if you're crossing in from one country to the other country. So to answer to your question, basically, Teresa is, if you're flying international or even if you're flying domestic at certain places and you may be crossing over certain international boundaries, you should just know what to talk and what information to give because you don't know that controller might be very busy and uh, you can't jam the frequency under any, any point of time. And no meowing on uh, 121.5 as well. Oh man, I was going. I was waiting. I was waiting to bring that one up. Yes. Okay. So first of all, I want to say, Captain Unmesh, thank you so much for saying that. I just learned a lot, and uh, it's amazing. I mean, there are international differences that we have to know. I'm honestly impressed that it's so standardized internationally. I think that's a wonderful feat of humanity. So, who wants to speak about meowing on one to one point five? No. The thing is. 1 to 1.5 or 243 uh, hertz is, are the major emergency frequencies and they're not to be used for normal transmissions or jokes. Yes, and unfortunately many people abuse that and they get into arguments on the frequencies and it's it's very unprofessional and some people like to meow like cats. I ju I do judge pilots. Now I my personal thought is that it's just meant to get attention, and when people start arguing back, it actually 
gives the people what they want that initiated it, which is just their, their need for attention. So that is definitely something, again, from a professional standpoint, I don't recommend it. There, Normally, it's going to be someone who's young, who's around the age of 20 that thinks it's pretty hilarious. But again, remember, we're all professionals here. And I see some people flashing their microphones. I'm going to take that as clapping unless anyone has anything else to add. Oh, lots of clapping. Thank you. <laughs> I had something to add, if that's okay. Go ahead, April. Mm-hmm. So the issue with it, it, it really does congest the frequency. And when you're in your cockpit and it's like, oh, I get to, uh, have you ever said anything on guard? Oh, you want to say? Okay, let me, let me do something real quick. Let me, I meowed. Oh, you heard me meow. That was me. You know, in the moment, it sounds like, oh, because you're saying something on that frequency that is like, oh, it's like the, like this hallway of, ooh. but in a tower cab or in a facility that's busy and already has a lot of stuff going on, it can really make, um, make it complicated for what's going on. I know, especially in my facility, if we're having a busy push and we're in SWAP, which is called severe weather avoidance program, I'm sorry, procedures, which is, um, where a lot of routes are being canceled. A lot of routes are being changed. There's restrictions over certain fixes. The times are keep changing. Um, you have a lot of noise, a lot of um, necessary noise where the clearance delivery is trying to yell at the local controller, Hey, stop that guy's roll or stop the guy's departure or a person's departure because their, their route just stopped or anything like that. And then you have somebody meowing or you have uh, a pilot that hasn't been switched and approach control is not talking to them anymore. And they're on like a two mile final and I need, I need to clear them or I need to slow them down or anything. And you're meowing or saying on guard and all that stuff. It really does make our job complicated. So for as cute and, and, and no, you know, fun it is to say, give your voice on the guard frequency. It really does affect the operation. It, you never know what you might holding up by just saying that one little, yeah. And then everybody, 15 people do it. It's so annoying too. Yeah, uh, yeah. But what I want to know is, how did they train those cats? <laughs> Being so fast to chime in, huh? <laughs> Let's go to Captain Unmesh. Go ahead, Captain. Hey, Teresa. Yeah, uh, another thing I wanted to talk about, I don't know if it was spoken about, uh, there's something known as a relay of message. On 121.5, if you're actually in an emergency situation and you can't get through to an air traffic controller or any uh, you know area controller, you would you need that frequency to be free so that your message in distress can be heard. So the significance, the importance of that frequency is uh, quite high, and people should, from the beginning itself, understand that. Yes, relays are important. A lot of times, if an aircraft is in an emergency, it might be too low to communicate with the proper controller. So another air, another plane might need to relay their message. So, so true. So true. Okay. Who else has common errors or misconceptions? Yeah. So also for the fun thing, there are mistakes you have to do is to say hello, goodbye, and thanks. That's, that is allowed and you should do that. Though it might be not standard voice, but you have to do it. That is also a great point. Sometimes I forget the names of the the center frequencies that I'm switched to when I'm flying and for the airlines. And someone told me that there are only three centers I need to worry about. Good morning center, good afternoon center, and good evening center. And sometimes just hello center. 
that is a joke, but it is okay to say polite things. I love that. Whenever I fly uh, with my friends, whatever, they always want me to work the radio. And for the most part, I'm pretty good at working it the opposite direction of cadence of the frequent of the phraseology. The problem is I'm not accustomed to having to say several different agencies throughout my flight time. So I might be talking to one approach, one center, one radio, and it like, wait, who am I talking to again? And I have to ask. So like Captain Teresa said, that is awesome advice. But what I wanted to also bring up as um, something that is con- considered a misconception or something that you should probably be careful of, if as a pilot you're holding short of a runway and a controller puts you there and told you taxi via da-da-da, hold short, runway, da-da-da, and you read it back, hold short, da-da-da, majority of the time, depending if you can read the room or read the airspace, I guess, or read the frequency, I should say, a lot of t- most of the time we know that you're sitting there. We know that the aircraft is there. And when you say, hey, and especially if you're just approaching it and you haven't even held there for at least 30 seconds, uh, you say, hey, we're approaching a runway that are holding short. And it's like, hey, if you just looked out the window or did a quick left, right, you would see someone's departure roll. That is the most critical time for us to talk to you, right? Because someone's departure roll on that same runway in which you just approached and we're trying to talk to you, you might anticipate that we're going to give you a crossing and start moving forward past that whole short line because you just probably stopped right on it. You want to be careful of doing that. You want to give a, a time. If it's longer than a minute that you're sitting at a runway and if you know it's not really busy and you look left, right, don't see anyone holding short or holding on the runway or rolling or you, you're monitoring the frequency, didn't hear anyone cleared to land or cleared for takeoff to that runway. You might want to um, reach out, say, and then say something. Hey, uh, Tower, da da da. Uh, did you have further instructions for us? something like that? But just to specify, hey, we're holding short, and you just approached the runway. It might be a critical stage of flight for someone else, and me talking to you might inadvertently get you to go rolling forward, or you might misunderstand the instructions because I have to get a read back now that you will hold short of the runway because now you said that you, you know we opened up this line of communication. So just be careful of saying that you're holding short of a point without necessary. So to add to that, to give pilots permission in the aeronautical information manual, it says that if there is a plane that requires two pilots or a crew, the air traffic control will assume that they are ready to go when they reach the hold short line of the runway. Now, where that misconception comes from is the smaller planes at the smaller airports. The controllers are not, the AIM doesn't necessarily say that they have permission to assume that. In a small plane at a small airport, it's pretty common to tell the controller, but you should watch your timing on that. Make sure it's good timing as well. Uh, You're not always top priority. Quick question, since we have a controller here. So one specific airport, Daytona Beach, Florida, has a thing which I wasn't accustomed to and I questioned like I followed their procedure and I got like uh, used to it after a while but when we hold short let's say I get a taxi instruction to runway 28 via etc 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 and I arrive there and I want to get in sequence or I'm number one in sequence let's say and I'm like hey tower you know I am here I'm holding short runway 28 ready for departure Most, or what I'm used to is the tower getting back to me and telling me, hey, hold short runway 28 with that hold short instruction. 
In Daytona Beach, Florida, they don't say that. They say Roger. Is that correct? Or is it just a, a, a confusing thing? So the reason why you get Roger, because I do that often, because again, it opens up a line of communication. We are required to get a readback of a whole short instruction, right? And there are times where pilots assume since we, it's almost like if you're on the phone with someone, you, we've, been, we've been talking for like a few minutes, so you already know me. You know I'm talking to you. So there are things that usually get dropped because you get comfortable, right? And so you're telling me, hey, I'm here holding short, ready for departure. And I say, Roger, hold short, or runway, da-da-da. You say, Roger, or we'll hold short. You might omit your call sign, so now I have to go back and get your call sign. And you say, Roger, United, da-da-da. Now I have to get you, get you to read back the call sign and the whole short instruction. So we've opened up this whole line of dialogue that's unnecessary. If I just say Roger to acknowledge that you're ready to go, I know you're holding short because you can't go without a, a clearance. I, you've already initially read that you're a whole short probably in the initial transmission, so I don't need it again. But if I say anything with hold short in it, I am required to get the call sign, the point in where you hold in your whole short instructions. And if you don't do that, I have to go back and forth and it, it could just take time. So simply just saying Roger. And a lot of times you don't necessarily need to tell us that you're ready. Um, like what Captain Terrence said about the smaller aircraft, we will ask them, Hey, are you ready for departure? Because we know that they are not re that requirements there or that thing is there. Whereas the more commercial IFR flight plans and stuff, Hey, I'm going to I'm going to just clear you for takeoff because I assume by the time you make it there that you're not ready. And if not, you will let me know. But you do not have to tell a controller that you're ready for departure unless you have specified that you needed more time or that you pulled off to the side or something like that. They're going to assume that you're ready in sequence by the time you get to the runway. Thank you so much, April. I love having your perspective. Let's go to Mika. Hi. Um. Yeah, I have a question. Um. Regarding you know, although it is. I believe, although it is okay to communicate in a local language when you are in certain country, not speaking English as a first language, I think it yes. would be better if, personally, I think it's better to communicate with in English if you are, if if you can communicate because just to consider other pilots who wouldn't speak any other local language, but. What do you think and what, what are the regulations? You're allowed to speak in both, but let's go to Philip and then Johnny. First of all, I, English is known all over the world for air traffic control, for air traffic controlling. There are also other ICAO languages, but there are also other countries who use their own language for the radio, which are not ICAO languages and for every language you want to talk on the radio you have to have a permission except if you are diverting away from your standard phraseology then you can call to them so if it's too hard to 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 ask for example a question on the radio then you can use the local language Okay, great point. Let's go to Johnny and then Enrique, and then we'll probably start to wrap things up. So uh, first of all, to uh, Mika, and then uh, second of all, like based off my experience, you know, echoing what uh, Philip said, I've flown, you know, did ferry flights from Korea all the way to the United States. And I will have to tell you, every country that I passed, I heard a conversation in their native language. Every single one. I, I went through a lot of them. 
I, I sometimes it, it's cool, right? Because I like to learn a greeting, so I will greet them in, in their native language and then continue in English because obviously I don't I don't speak it fluently. So I'll continue in English, but sometimes I will ask you know, if they're speaking, if they're having a whole conversation, and it sounds like they're giving clearances or directions. I will ask what was said to that aircraft, just so. I can be sure it's nothing that's going to affect me or just for situational awareness. Wow. Thank you, Johnny. I, I love that you can do that in so many different languages. Here in Brazil, our radio communication rules states that you, as a Brazilian, you can start a conversation in English. However, you have to, to maintain in English for the whole interaction with the ATC in that frequency. Um, however, it's not allowed for international traffic to speak Portuguese in the frequency. And that rule pretty much came after a TAP Portugal flight uh, landed on a taxiway here in Guarulhos. And the confusion was because of the differences between Portugal's Portuguese and Brazilian Portuguese, where ta the tower gave them an instruction to go around and go around here in Brazil and in Portugal are completely different words they ended up landing on the taxiway luckily it was not an accident it was just an incident where they, they landed in, in the, on the taxiway and after that the the brazilian air traffic control forbid any international traffic to speak portuguese in the frequency wow thank you so much enrique I think that that is the comment that we're going to end on. There are so many other common errors that we've even had in previous conversations that we could go into. I want to thank everybody for joining. I feel like this was a mini United Nations. I wish the West, rest of the world could get along as well as we do here. And it's interesting that we're talking about communication because communicating is part of what brings us together internationally. It is amazing that we have pilots here who have flown in, I believe, every continent in the world, I, well, every populated continent, and that we are all still speaking about very common, very technical terms. It is truly an honor to have everyone on stage and also to have everyone in the audience who is listening and people who may be listening in on the podcast as well. Let's close out. Just if you want to say goodbye, go ahead and just say your name and where you're from, and then we'll move on. So I'm Captain Teresa. I'm from Michigan in the United States, and I would like to thank you all for joining. Okay, next person and pull the refresh order. Hey, uh, I'm Philip. I'm from Germany. And vielen Dank für alles. Wünsche noch einen schönen Abend und so Servus. That was Bavarian. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Hey, I'm Enrique. I'm from Brazil. And muito obrigado por estar com a gente aqui hoje. E fico feliz de ter participado desse programa. Bye bye. Beautiful. I'm April. I am a traffic controller from New Jersey. And thank you for having me. And my views and opinions are not shared or expressed or represent the FAA or lawyers get me. Well said. I'm Johnny. I uh, fly out of North Carolina. And thank you for all being here. I enjoyed it. And uh, Wonderful. Hi, hello. My name is Manuela. I'm from Italy. Thank you for having me, Teresa. It was a very nice room. I really enjoyed it. And buona giornata a tutti. Ciao, ciao. Thank you so much. 
Hi, this is Anibesh here. I am from India, and मुझे समय देने के लिए धन्यवाद. I love it. This is Omar. Thank you very much for listening. I'm from Egypt, and shukran jazeera listamakum wa shufkum inshallah. All right. Hi, I'm Anibesh from India, and आप सभी के साथ बात करके अच्छा लगा. शबाकर शुभरात्रि. Excellent. Hello, I'm from South Korea. My name is Mika. Hangok. Uh, 한국 업계에 계신 분들도 많이 참여해서 서로 배울 수 있는 계기가 되었으면 좋겠습니다. 감사합니다. Goodbye. Hello everyone. I'm Lorenzo from Ghana. Had a great time. Learned a lot. Uh, have a great weekend, everyone. Thank you so much. Hello, I'm Jacek from Poland. Fajnie było tutaj być z wami na scenie. Bardzo wam dziękuję za towarzystwo i miłego wieczoru, miłego weekendu. Wonderful. Hello everyone, I'm Felix from Ghana. I really had a nice time here, learned a lot. Hope to see you guys next time. Thank you. Hello everyone, I'm Mo from Cincinnati and uh, I speak also Farsi, so I'm very happy to be Hi everyone, my name is Rafaela. I am Ghanaian as well. Um, was born in Germany, living in the UK. Currently doing my pilot, um, working towards my pi- private license. Um, I enjoyed today's talk. And Timichiamunina, schönen Abend noch. Tschüss. Wow, thank you so much. Uh, Stick from uh, Los Angeles, getting uh, from LAX, and uh, thank you very much. Have a great day. Thank you, and last but not least. Hey, this is Vinay. I fly out of San Jose, but I'm originally from India. Namaskara, tuba useful agitu. Dhanyavad, namaste. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We are going to bring this plane into land. Thank you again, everybody, for participating. We are going to close the room and land the plane. Best wishes to everyone. We're going to close in five, four, three, two, one. Take care. This is Captain Teresa. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you were one of the people being recorded, I thank you. If you were one of the people that we edited out of this recording, I beg your forgiveness. There were many reasons that this episode may have been edited, including length, audio quality, and accuracy. We don't always have the right answers. I ask you to view this as entertainment and not as a replacement for formal instruction or advice. If you want to send constructive feedback or if you have questions, feel free to contact us through our website, landingswithaflare.com. You can view announcements on our Instagram account, landingswithaflare. You can also join our live conversations on Clubhouse in the club pilot flight training. If you got value out of this podcast, please consider subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a positive review. Wherever you are in the world, we wish you happy landings.